the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we work our way through the book of Genesis, well, the life of Abraham commands an awful lot of attention there. But his son Isaac has a bit of attention to give us as well, and we've been learning from him so far this week. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We are continuing our journey through Genesis. We're in chapter 26 today, exploring the life of Isaac and some of the many lessons that we can learn and relearn as he repeats some of his father's own mistakes. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely today as we wrap up our look at Isaac, at least here in chapter 26 before moving forward with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Here's Leighton. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well with fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, That water's ours. And so he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. And then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. And so he named it Sitna. And he moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. So he moved from the city of Gerar to the Gerar River Basin and excavated the wells that his father had dug and gave him the original names. Why? Because that was his way of affirming his ownership of the wells that his father had created. When you create something, you own what you create. But no matter where Isaac journeyed, the enemy followed him and confiscated his father's wells and even the new wells that his servants dug. And to find a, a well with fresh water, a spring, was a special blessing because it guaranteed fresh water continuously. But even the Philistines took that well also. Now, to his credit, Isaac did not respond with anger against those who took his father's well nor the false claims of ownership for the newly dug wells. Instead, he just named the wells uh, to remi- as a reminder of the conditions of the problems with his neighbors. Essek means contention and Sitna means hatred. And by the way, it's related to the name Satan. But Rehoboth means enlargement because Isaac finally found a place where he was left alone. He wanted to be left alone and had enough room for his camp and flocks and herds. But the astonishing thing is, is in this time of famine, everywhere he went, he kept finding water and finding water and finding water. And God was blessing him. Verse 23, from there he went up to Beersheba. Now, remember, Beersheba was the place where his father had many years earlier entered into a covenant agreement with Abimelech, the Philistine leader. And now that he was where he should be, God appeared to him again for the second and apparently the last time. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. You know, no matter who's against us, God is with us and for us, and therefore there is no need for us to be afraid. 
And there can be no doubt here that Isaac finally believed with all of his heart that God really was with him because we read, he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent. And when God's children really, really believe that God is with them, there's a deepening of both faith and obedience that results. Like his father Abraham, Isaac was identified by his tent and altar. Now, he was wealthy enough. He could have built a fine mansion. In fact, he could have built a city. But he chose to live in a tent to identify himself as a pilgrim and stranger in the land. Someone has said a fugitive is someone fleeing from home. A vagabond has no home. A stranger is away from home, but a pilgrim is heading home. And so by the tent, he identified himself as a stranger in this world and was looking forward to heading home to that city whose builder and designer is God. And like all Isaac, all who trust in Jesus Christ are pilgrims in this world and heading for a better world, a better city where God is the designer and builder. Verse 26, meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahuzah, his personal advisor, and Phicol, the commander of his forces. And Isaac asked him, why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? And they answered, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. Notice how they begin their conversation. So he said, there ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do us no harm, just as we did not molest you, but always treated you well. And sent you away in peace. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Notice how he ends the appeal. Isaac then made a feast for them, and they ate and drank. And early the next morning, the men swore an oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they left in peace. And you read it here, you'll find out that the Philistine king is making a plea rather than dictating terms. He's coming from a position of weakness, not strength. And he's appealing to the friendship that they've had in the past. That we've been friendly, we've taken care of each other in the past. Let's just enter into this formal agreement. And his evaluation of God's blessing on Isaac is, of course, based on a materialistic evaluation. We see how your flocks grow and your crops grow and you find water and, and so on and so, so forth. So he was absolutely right that God was with Isaac. You know, people today around us, they, they, don't, they don't see that the same way. When, what they see is when... Christians, when believers go through times of difficulty and we have a peace and a security and, and, a, and things that, that they don't have and they, wanna, they, want, they, want, they want to know what we have. Well, Abimelech was not a godly king and his nation was not a godly nation. He didn't come asking Isaac how he might know and be blessed by Isaac's God. What brought him was a fear of or respect for Isaac's growing economic and military strength. And that's why he wanted to come and enter into a treaty or covenant so that uh, Isaac and his party would not molest him and his people. It was a, he was seeking peace. And you know, what was true then is true today. Godless leaders and their nations fear and respect economic and military strength. And a nation becomes exposed to risk when such things are failing. And I have to say, that's the condition of the United States today. And I know I've heard some people say, Pastor, I've got the solution. We've got the solution. We're going to change things in November. I'm not convinced of that. 
And the reason is the depth and breadth of the corruption that has been exposed in recent years is something no party and no politician can fix. Only God can fix this. And in order for God to fix this, we need to have a great reawakening sweep across America. Now, we've had two of them in our history, and they both came at critical junctures. And we are now at another critical juncture. And we need to be asking God to send a revival across our nation. So I invite you to join with me every day. I'm praying for revival, a reawakening, God's spirit to move across our nation. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug. They said, we found water. He called it Sheba. And to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba. When it says to this day, that's reference to the time that this was written about 400 years later by Moses. But actually, that well still exists today. So you can actually say to this day. So the story of Isaac that began with drought and a famine ended with an abundance of water, even in the midst of the continuing famine. And this is how God blesses the lives of people who believe, really, really believe that God is with them. Now, for years, we have been uh, supporting a orphanage over in Borneo. And Pastor Tony informed me that uh, Pastor Ronnie uh, Habor called about some water issues that they were having. there. I don't remember the specifics of it, but I do remember this, that God, after they had prayed, led them to go out and they found not one but four springs on their property. Not only that, these springs were at such an altitude that all they had to do was put a wall around them, a pipe from them, and the water falls downhill to where they need it to be. Now, God does things like that. God is the same today as he was yesterday. He still does these miracles. So the first instance of the divine promise of God's presence was future, I will be with you, verse 3. Then it was present tense, I am with you, verse 24. And then past tense, through Isaac's unbelieving acquaintance, the Lord has been with you. And this here is a Genesis reality. That God is spatially all present. That there is no place where God is not. That all of God is everywhere. And we believe that he is especially present to protect and bless his children. And any view other than this is not a biblical view. And it's idolatry. But here's the question. Do you believe that God is with you? Do you believe that God has been with you? Do you believe that God will be with you regardless of the circumstances? Because if you really believe that God is with you, then fear will not master you. And you're going to have great courage even in the darkest of days. And if you really believe that God is with you, then you're going to have an incentive to conduct yourself in a manner worthy and pleasing to God. And you'll be able to overcome temptations that have might, might have otherwise, you, you might have otherwise succumbed to. It's important for us to understand the lesson that Isaac had to understand, to learn to understand, that God is with us. And we have a promise he didn't. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So your homework for this week, should you choose to accept it, is to do a daily self-audit. How continuously are you aware of the presence of God? 
Now, let me suggest a a possible way you might go about this self-audit. When you get up in the morning, before you get out of bed, you remind yourself, ah, today is an audit day. I'm going to self-audit today. And then when you sit down to lunch, you say, oh, there's something. Oh, this is a self-audit day. How did I do this morning? And then when you sit down at dinner, you go, hmm, this is a self-audit day. How did I do this afternoon? And when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you say, this is a self-audit day. How did I do this evening? And you audit yourself in this process so that you're continuously aware of God's presence. The continuous awareness that God is always present with us is absolutely life-changing. Amen. Amen. Well, that will close out chapter 26 of the book of Genesis for us as we continue our journey through Genesis. We trust that our time together is encouraging you in your walk and your relationship with Christ, renewing your love for Jesus. If you have a question or comment about the program today, we'd invite you to reach out to us at our website, highlands.us. You'll find a bit of information about the church as well. If you'd like to join us for worship, you're more than welcome. Consider this an official invitation to join us here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Directions, service times, and our location, again, can be found at highlands.us. Tomorrow, we continue in Genesis. Join us then for study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.